Um, Hello and welcome to the Going to Geeks podcast with myself, Gregory Harrison, co-host Elliot Marius and Graham Jordan, and our special guest today, you know him from The Risk, from Speakeasy, from John Wesley Stone, from many, many more bands, Mark McGalley. Thank you for coming. Wow. God, deja vu. Yeah. It's almost like we've just, we've already done this. Yeah. 1882 then. 1882, that's, really that's where the crow man was born. Yeah, the crow man was born. Hatched from a shell. Yeah. Born on Sark in 1882. <laughs> but interestingly though, because for those that are listening, this is the second time that we've done this conversation. <laughs> so, so you were just saying about some of your early bands yeah. and some of the local musicians. So Johnny Inder and Mark Guppy were in there right yeah, to begin with. Prior, yeah, that was in single file, first one. First band, yeah. 1982. Uh, Something like that. Yeah. And was that mod music? Because you were saying that Private yeah, Eye was definitely. mod. Yeah, Three okay. piece mod band. I was 19. Um, gig at what used to be called White Woods, and it was packed. And, um, you know, from there off we went. Brilliant. The next band was Private Eye, which was Colin Leach um, on guitar as well as Mark Guppy. The man you can't get rid of. Then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why should we? Um, and that was also with the keyboard player that left because someone put a fag out in his amp. <laughs> they get a bit delicate about that. Caught fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Marlboro. Any no, idea no, what brand it was? Um, Is it a reggae cigarette? The one with the cowboy on the packet. That's a Marlboro. Who's that one? Yeah. Yeah, we got stickers that say "Don't put your beer on on my gear." So maybe we should do one about cigarettes as well. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, put your cigarettes in my Don't you put your cigarettes <laughs> on one? No, no you actually, smoking there now, could you? <laughs> That's a shame. So mm. after that, yeah, I went on to do the first record, which was at uh, Steve Free's studio. Um, Sorry, Mark, is that, is that was that a local studio? Yeah, it's in the Shrottery. Oh yeah, 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 Mark. Yeah, Mark um, mentioned that. Yeah. Mark Gear. Yeah. Mm. George Crossan, and I hired Alfie Austin on drums. Who is Stuart, our present drummer with Generator's dad? Mm. And he did a really good job of it, although we had to use an electronic kit, which was the one we were talking about before, with the oh, hexagonal. It was the 80s. It was great for disco, yeah. but very Brilliant. little else. Yeah, so I played bass, Colin played guitar, I think Steve and George did some backing vocals and that. And that, I did 500 of those. Um, Vinyl? Yep. Brilliant. Six track. Um, cool. What was it? It wasn't a 78, by the way. So yeah, did that. And that, that was really, really successful in, an, in a strange, stupid way, as things were in those days, because independent music was kind of picked up by people. Mm. Mike Reed picked it up from Radio 1. Wow. And I played it on the breakfast show to about six or seven million million people. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so That's awesome. Like, yeah. So Mike Reed, uh, who's I understand he was, I remember Mike Reed coming to the island because yeah. he was friends with the Woods, who yeah. who yeah. ran Herm Island at That's the time. Right. He's friends with Rupert Wood, I think. Yeah. They used to go into the White Hart restaurant and have burgers yeah. and stuff like that. So and he was a really prominent Radio One DJ, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Yeah. He did TV as well, I think, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. He did, um, so how did you get it under his nose? God, how did, how did that happen? I think I probably did my usual bit and just posted copies out everywhere. Yeah. 
and it was just a piece of luck, I think. I think that's what people are sort of have stopped doing these days. They sort well, of expect people, people to, to like to to pick it up online and stuff. Forget the internet. Yeah. Yes, it's great and all that, la la la. But send stuff. Get your mailers out. Mm. Get your records out. Get your contacts. Write to people. Mm. Yeah. You know, try and do it physically and, and yeah. put records in mailers. Send them out, and things will come back. You will get Mojo reviewing it. Yeah. Once in a blue moon, you yeah, may yeah. get record collector. You know, because they must get loads of emails and electronic stuff sent to them and links to this and that. But yeah. there, there's goes nothing, straight into the drunk junk box. Nothing beats actually receiving something in the post that is a physical. Yeah. Now, if there's any bands out there, you can have this as an idea. I suggested with one of the band sizes making a single, printing it off on CD or whatever, mm-hmm. baking it into a giant muffin. <laughs> identifying fat DJs <laughs> sending it to them with the tagline muffin ventured muffin gained <laughs> that would work because yeah. it was uh, weird crazy, enough and it? not that funny <laughs> <laughs> you both laughed <laughs> yeah we'll laugh at anything Graham but I remember the uh, the lady from Bomp Records in, in Los Angeles she used to send cakes to people that there you hadn't go. paid Oh, right. What? Yeah, because Bont Records was um, big indie. Berkeley, I think, they, they were based at. And Greg Shaw was quite... He, her husband was quite influential, did Brian Jonestown Massacre. And those mm. Oh, cool. Bands. Um, and, um, yeah, she, she, if, if she didn't get paid by the distributors or anything like that, she used to send them a cake with a nice little note saying, please, could you pay me? <laughs> oh, <that's> brilliant. <laughs> There's something sinister about that then. I'm kind of waiting I mean, for a... bit, No, there is a bit, something a bit sinister about sending someone a cake. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's either a cake, cake or a ring. Bake it with yeah. man milk or anything no. like that. Ooh. Ooh. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so after the, after the single that went, went out, you got that on, people picked up on it a little bit. Was yeah. that when you started touring a bit out the island or? Uh, that what came, we did a single called Forget the Girl, which um, we just sold it out straight away. A thousand copies just went, gone. Wow. Yeah, within two weeks. Wow, that's cool. Which was crazy. But that's what happened in those days. Mm. We, and you used to get letters from people with postal orders in. <laughs> so we used to have these piles of postal orders and letters. That from people, please, can I buy a copy of your single? And you put them in the post and send them off to these people. So you did that all yourself at home, just individually yep. packaging, yep. But, writing out addresses. But this is very important. We also had the support of a local fanzine called In the Crowd. Now you probably don't know about this fanzine, but it was one of the premier mod fanzines in the UK, if not the world, and had a really big readership. Really, that's cool. Um, so it supported us. Yeah. And we supported it. So we were on the front cover and sent, it went all over the world. So you start to build up this... I'm, I don't want to be t- too big-headed about it because it was a small thing, but a, but a fan base all over the world. Mm. Yeah. In America, Denmark, all sorts of places, you know. And um, so on the back of that, people started to know us in the UK and we started getting invited to do gigs. And the first gig we played was, when was it now? Walthamstow Town Hall Model Day in 1985, I believe. Wow. And... Walthamstow, North East London. We covered ourselves in glory by starting off with, we used to do Everlasting Love, 
and we used to do Ever Falling Love the Buzzcocks song. So we used to do a few covers, not too many, most of it was our own stuff. Colin started off by playing Ever Falling in Love. I started off by playing Everlasting Love. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually live on a, on a record. It was, taped, it was taped at the time. Oh. So, yeah, Guernsey boys, Damn can it. I swear? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Guernsey yeah. boys, fuck it up as usual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. So, you know. Were they different keys? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, come on, uh, yeah, keys. Nothing sounded, uh, nothing tied in at all. It wasn't just like it was just, uh, it's just jazz. It's, it's no, mod jazz. No, they knew. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this bunch of amateurs from Guernsey? Oh, it happens to all of us, eh? <laughs> Never mind. That's great. That's so weird to get that that success so early on. That must have given you such a buzz. It did. Yeah. Because we were on the circuit then, and we were like, it was happening, you know. Yeah. But again, you play. We. I always say, risk play over here. Sixty people. Yeah. That's it. Sixty people. You only get sixty people because it's niche. Doesn't attract loads and loads of people. Mm. But then on, we went to play. Um, where did we go next? Oh yeah, we went to we went to Ireland. So sorry, they're just coming back. So that that Walthamstow gig, mm-hmm. which band was that with? Them? That was the Risk. That was the Risk. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we sort of moved on. So we were cooking then. Yeah. yeah so the Risk really were formed early, weren't they? And yeah. They're, 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 yeah. That, that they've got quite a lineage, really. Yeah, I think Colin was seventeen. Wow. wow. Cool. He's so much older now, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got exponentially older. Isn't he? Yes. I think he's seventy-four. Is that right? Yeah, I think, and I'm eighty-five. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always older than him. <laughs> so that's great, and obviously, like the the mod genre, and uh, you mentioned about the fanzine, is such a solid thing. Mm. Yeah, it's such a, a there's such a movement to it. Still really, is too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's, yeah. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. What got you into the mod? Like, what was it? Was it? Was it the pill? Was it just the music? Was it the the uh, look? Was it? It was thing? everything. I wasn't really into the new romantic thing, mm. and mm. I, this was kind of pre pre that really. I was a punk when I was about about fourteen, fifteen. My mum didn't like that. No, <laughs> no mums do. Guernsey didn't go down very well, no, did they? My, my mum ended up turning my leopard skin trousers into a, a, a seat cover for my scooter. I've <laughs> <laughs> got the right idea. Creative, isn't it? How can I dissuade him from this punk stuff? And then, of course, it was worse because I ended up buying scooters and cover the, covering them in lights, mirrors, and dressing up like a, you know. I was quite loud dresser for the mod thing as well. I, I tended to go for the more 1966-67 look. It was, quite, <laughs> yeah. it was kind of a little bit psyche and a little bit bright. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which again, in Guernsey, it being such a microcosm of uh, <clears throat> of culture, really, in some ways, that would stick out. That would stick out. You, you were saying. Fun. Please, can you beat me up? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you were saying in those days. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and they did. Yeah. <laughs> I got quite a few beatings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember be- being beaten up for dressing different when I was well, at school. You know, it's just kind of the rite of passage, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, what were you dressed at at school? He went in as a fairy. Yeah, how did you... <laughs> I just went in my g-string. I don't know why people. <laughs> oh, the mad look. Oh no, I, I used to like dress up quite gothy sort of thing and like yeah they don't like goths don't, no, no no one likes goths don't like goth. no one likes goths I do I think goths are cool yeah, <laughs> I think goths are cool. But yeah I, like, anyone who's dressed different you're just begging to be teased and 
punched than I don't know. I've never had that problem, but um. <laughs> so being a punk, uh, a mod, uh, well, a punk and a mod in mm. in Guernsey was quite. Uh, it must have been. It takes quite some force of character to do that. You just just got to believe in it and do it. Oh, either that mm. just being bloody stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, I was basically just single-minded. I didn't wanted to do what I wanted to do really. Mm. Then it started to be quite a few of us, and it became a bit of a scene, you know. What yeah. was the music scene like back then over here? It was actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Like comp- comparatively to today, like what sort of like turnouts for gigs and stuff was there? I'd say there's more. Yeah. There's more turn. Yeah. Even though there's get- less people. <laughs> eh? Even though there's less people. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah, I, I would say there was more more people in those days that used to go to gigs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a shame. Nowadays. There was probably less to do, though, wasn't there? Yeah, there was less to do. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, you're fighting with everything else, aren't you? You are. Yeah. yeah. You're fighting with the TV. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. everything's at home all the time. If you want entertainment, you probably uh, you, it, have to go out, it's, really. Yeah. It's a lazy world, isn't it? We've mm. got it is. Now. Yeah. That's, you have to really make the effort. Like, yeah. say, putting putting records into sleeves and sending them off. You know, really tough. Oh, going really out the post office. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it takes effort, you know? Yeah, it does. It's, it's really heartening to hear, though, that you you were into it from, like, 19, you formed a band, you, you started mm. doing it. I don't know if you're aware, but we've, we've done a few of these podcasts recently with some of the younger bands. <laughs> it, it might it might be quite inspiring to think that an old git like me is still going and started at 19. And yeah. I wouldn't say major success, but I was successful. Yeah. It wasn't... Yeah, you know, it was worth doing. Put yeah. it that way. Yeah, mm. but um, because you've I've heard story. You've been away so after with the risk. Um, you were away. You travelled, went to the UK. Then you were saying Ireland, but you've been the Irish all over the, the place. Irish, yeah, like all t- t- toured all over the place. Been Germany, the yeah. States, France, um, Belgium, Holland, Italy, uh, three times to the States. Wow. Um, now, I, I heard a story yeah. that apparently you were in the States and you lost a drummer through a tour. Yes. <laughs> was that with the risk? Yeah, he was going to go home, but he never did. <laughs> what? We managed to persuade him to stay. <laughs> but one of, the, one of the guys that was playing drums, who, who was a drummer and came with us, um, he went home early, so that might have been what, what confused us. Issue, but Billy, who was our drummer then, Scottish lad, he was um, he was going to go home because he was fed up. Because um, it was awful in San Diego; it was terrible. Really? Sun shone every day. Um, <laughs> you know, lots of pretty girls. Um, awful. It, it was terrible. Yeah, I don't it know. Sound what, you know it sounds like it, it much better in going back to Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I appreciated that. That's why I wanted to go home. You know. <laughs> so you know, we managed to persuade him, and he stayed. Uh, we, we did 36 gigs in the States and that tour. How did wow. you organise that months. then? How did hey. that come about? How oh, I just that? decided to go. You were kidding <laughs> no. me. You just really? thought that'd be yeah. fun. And, and, and what period is this within? 1986. 80, oh, so so not far off from yeah. where we left it. Okay. Yeah, we were in yeah. Ireland the year before and then do it, and we did the Mod 8 single as well in 85. Then 86, I said, do you know what? I've got a few contacts in the States, let's go. Um, so we went and lived with these people in America, wow. and we played. Well, we played San Francisco twice. We played the Mab, which was the place where Ramones played, and 
been torn down now, but Dead Kennedys and all those sort of people played. Right. Played in San Diego, played in LA, played in Sacramento, played in Bakersfield. I was quite wow. chuffed to go to Bakersfield. Yeah, but yeah, that was mm-hmm. amazing. Nearly played in Las Vegas. <laughs> That's my one regret. Um. I fell through. So you were staying with friends and then just like Sunday. phoning up gigs and things like that. Well, yeah, mean... sort of. And we got booked as well. We did parties as well. and made quite a bit of cash off the parties. So phone us up, so we can do his party. Were um, you known as the sort of the British mod band who happened to be here, or was yeah, the... pretty much? Yeah, yeah. Did, was there any mention of Guernsey in that as well? Was that, was that a confused hell out there? We Yanks we always there? yeah we always had problems with with Guernsey because. Nobody knew where Guernsey was, and people used to bill us from London. Yeah. It's like, well, no, we're from Guernsey, from Little Island. Yeah. I think people know now. you're now. from London. Even in Germany, we're playing this. From London. <laughs> it's like, no, we're not from London, from Guernsey. Did you, it's Guernsey. Did you run everything? Was it was was there different people in the band and the rest that did it? Or were you the manager, or were you the... the everything, basically, well, together? You say you were pocketing up CDs, but... Did you just run that whole show yourself, or did you get someone in? I did, until then, and then, because of the American tour in 86, when we were there for six months, we got signed by a record label called Unicorn, and the guy that ran the label also managed us, and then then it really took off. That's when it really started, going with European tours and stuff. and I think I've told you before, we played places like Le Locomotive yeah. in Paris. Mm. There's about 2,000 people there. Wow. Good grief. It yeah. was big gigs. Yeah. And then, then the next night, Graham, just, the, just get, we, get the head going, hang on, <laughs> a bit smaller. <laughs> We're playing in somewhere like some little pub in Germany. Or, yeah. Where do you go from Paris to Hamburg or something ridiculous? We played in this little bar to about 20, 30 people. That's what it was like. But that's great, though, yeah, isn't it? Fun. I mean, you want that variety. Mm. Yeah, to, great. To, to have that kind of, that you don't know what's going to go on next, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. really. And, and what was that like for you as a band to suddenly have somebody else that was organising the gigs and taking you forward? Um, it was great, because you were a proper touring band. You had distribution for your records, you had management, you had, uh, obviously, gigs organised. So it just took off from then. You don't have to post anything out anymore. People are doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, you could just concentrate yeah. on the music yeah. and the gig in yeah. and the party in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even had, even had a couple of roadies at one point. Whoa! Whoa! Roadies. Turn up in pool and the, and the guy would pick us up in the van and take us up to London and we'd do a gig. We did showcase gig for EMI. Uh, at Cricketers. Um, this is just before we set off on a tour around Europe. And the guy came up, he was the A&R man for EMI, and he went, yeah, I really like you two. I said, yeah, you two. Yeah, the guitar player and the bass player, really good. The rest of them, yeah, not so sure. So. Oh, and this yeah. got back to them as well, so we were going on tour with the rest of the band, knowing that the oh, EMI oh. guy said they weren't any good. Oh, that went down well. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like getting a nice and tense it, atmosphere at the beginning <laughs> of a tour, is there? It never, never happened in any case. Yeah. No, it's, it's weird, that, isn't it? That when you, when you, view on that roller coaster, it must have been kind of odd, really. Did you have any sense about where it was going, or? 
Um, Were you just along for the ride? Uh, pretty much along for the ride. Yeah. Because um, I, I thought, well, you know, more, more power pop band, more towards the rock end of the spectrum. We weren't one of the, the twee type odd bands. There was plenty going on. It's quite, quite a lot of backbone there with the bass and the drums and all that. Okay. Um, I thought, yeah, you know, will it happen? Will it not happen? Probably not because we're too much of a cult act. Mm. And then, of course, you get the early 90s happening because um, we finished about, when we finished about 89 with the risk. And then in 90, you had the charlatans and people like that come along, the baggy sound. Mm. And of course, you know, a couple of years after that, Oasis came along and put the, the rock thing into the mod kind of sound. Crunchy kind of stuff. What was that like when it came out? Was it sort of exciting, but at the same time, like, terrifying that that was over? Or do you just move on to new stuff after no, that? I, I, I never let the kind of grass grow under my feet, I just got on with the next thing, which was the Sacred mm. Hearts, which was an absolutely fantastic band to be in, and we toured as well with Sacred Hearts, and did Germany and Austria and I mean, all sorts of things, yeah. France as well, Sacred Hearts. Yeah, how did you find the French audience? Because <laughs> we've got a lot of French people listening to this podcast. I, I've You've got people all over the world listening to this um, podcast. All over true. the world. That's true. Yeah. No, French all over Guernsey. <laughs> really, really good audience. Very in interested in what you're doing, yeah. which I really like. Lively, I think. Yeah. You go to a, a gig and they, they don't waste time. They're no, in there, no, they, they dance. Like, they like the music. Really? Full on. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's That's great. As I find an English audience almost sort of sits at the back of the room and, and examines for a little bit until no they... No sex, please, we're British. Yes, it's all... <laughs> It, it it takes it's hard to break a, an English audience to get them dancing. The French the craziest was Austria. Love it. Austria. Austria. Oh. Yeah. How are they going to be yeah. uptight? Super uptight with their guilt. Mental. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant audience. I think we played in Vienna and Linz a few times. They were just absolutely mad. mad. Would you rate that as the best best audience? Well, it's got to be close. The Yanks were pretty great as well. Yeah. I mean, there's something if you if you have a look on YouTube. There's a clip, it says Inside Straight, but it's not. Um, what's the name of the song? Anyhow, it's from a gig we did in 86. And so it's a Risk Gig or Sacred yeah, Hearts Gig? Risk Gig. Okay, yeah. so if people YouTube Risk Gig and... And it's Inside Straight, you'll see that there's a, there's a clip, and that was in San Diego. Yeah. And that was just these Americans going absolutely mental. Brilliant. So, yeah. You know, you can actually see the audience, you can see them shout, risk, risk, risk. <laughs> Nice. 2,000 Americans going crazy. 2,000. That's yeah, crazy. 2,000. Wow. That's cool. 1,000, 2,000, something like that. So great. Yeah. That's great. Mm. Anyone that has seen you performing, um, Mark, I think, it, it, uh, knows that you go 110%. I hate using that expression. No, <laughs> you go 100%. Yeah. 110% doesn't work, does it? You can't. That's not it's a thing. Physically impossible. 100% <laughs> is the top. Um, and you really just throw yourself in there. Did you, is that something that you learned throughout the years? Or was that, is, is that just you up there doing that? Well, do, you, do you have a Sasha Fierce? Are you, is there an alter ego? Yeah, definitely. Because I think, I think uh, I'm quite shy in a way. I always have been quite shy. So it's it's a persona, it's an act, mm. isn't it? It's mm. like a crow man. I mean, when I'm when I dress up in my crow man gear, I'll go off on that one. 
Mm. I'm incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. I'm not me anymore. Yeah. I think someone said that too. It's a good release, we were right? Playing, um, mm. Mm. A Wesley Stone gig, and and it went from I think it was just after the Sark one, and they were like, I just tried to speak to Mark, and he he. I didn't know whether he was just all so reserved and then he got up on stage <laughs> and almost killed a child with a double bass. <laughs> That's a baby I nearly squashed. That's a baby nearly squashed. God. <laughs> Sorry I've squashed your baby. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> Sounds like a good song title. Though. Yeah, the Bonzo dog one, that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, squashed your baby. Yeah. So it's, it's not, presumably, it's not something that you think about. It's no. just that when when you hit the boards and you start playing you just do that probably pure terror isn't it for the first couple of songs I don't know what you guys feel like I mean when you're performing but it's just like oh get the first song out of the way and then yeah, yeah can, once you you sort of um, you can relax into it a little bit I think so it's block off that audience isn't it it's almost mm. like they're there you're there to entertain but they're also not there you go and you've got yeah, to open that Nervous bubble as soon as you're there just sort of cut it out it doesn't matter what they think mm. As long as you're rocking, and if you yeah. do that, then people will yeah. gravitate towards it. Mm. I think if you are too conscious of what they're thinking, then you start to overthink what you're, what you're doing, and then, and, yeah. and yeah. then they notice. And it doesn't yeah. Yeah, like absolutely. flow; it doesn't feel natural, mm. I suppose. But then you just have to engage with them as well on a certain level. So it's kind of like you've still got to have that kind of uh, yeah, interaction. Got, I suppose but everyone's you, got their you way got of kind getting of, over it. Yeah. Yeah, I think um We've all done terrible gigs, haven't we? We haven't quite <laughs> yeah, yeah. got there and haven't been able to win the audience over. Mm. And yeah. that's, that's horrible, horrible when that happens. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah, because especially when you put so much energy into it and it's just falling flat, it just, it's just it's quite gutting, isn't it? Slinking off the stage yeah, at okay. the end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The worst sketch is, do you remember Dom Jolly, Tricky Happy TV? Yeah. So he did this absolutely brilliant sketch where he hired a venue and a band. He filled the venue full of basically extras who were gig-going audiences, but the band didn't know. So the band started playing, and then the cue was after, I don't know, what, 30 seconds or something, people just started leaving the room. Oh! Oh! oh that is horrible. Oh, that's cruel. The whole thing is filmed. This <laughs> <laughs> is steady flow. People just slowly shaking their heads and tutting and sighing and oh. walking out of the room. Oh. <laughs> that, is, that is way too cruel. So horrible. It's like phoning up someone and it's saying, like, sorry. We did a gig in Scarborough with the Sacred Hearts one time. This is quite similar. There's two rooms. One room is a pub, right? <laughs> Where the alcohol is. One room is the stage mm. and the venue. Yeah. It's there was a massive big disaster. serving hatch. <laughs> you had to pay to get into the room to see the band. So there's all these Yorkshire blokes just leaning through this serving hatch like this, watching the band, having not paid to come in. So there's absolutely no one in the venue. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like so intimidating. But like, <laughs> like craning necks. Yeah, Colin and I going crazy and playing the tambourine, jumping around, and everybody going for it. There's just these Yorkshire blokes hanging over. Yeah, they're not very good, are they? <laughs> I'm glad I didn't pay to go and see them. Another Timmy the... Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> It's just terrible. <laughs> Where would you pay when you can lean in and watch? Yeah. <laughs> so Sacred Hearts, that's with Colleen as well, which yeah. you know from Blue Mountains. Yeah. And yeah. the both of you were Beautiful like... Beautiful voice. 
Oh, gorgeous voice, absolutely gorgeous. And you're two front man on the, well, two front peoples. Peoples. How do you put that? Yeah. Two front persons. Um, what was that like? Like showing the stage? With that, oh, was it just kept, did it come naturally? Was oh, it sort of sacred art's brilliant? Yeah. Mm. I mean, the risk on a, when we played the other week at the scooter thing, it's just relentless. I mean, I wrote this stuff in the early twenties, and I wrote quite clever bass riffs, and I bloody wish I hadn't. Relearn them, and it's like, oh no, yeah. Colin is the consummate musician who's just really good at everything, mm. and I'm thinking, he just goes, it's mm, just so easy, and I'm going. Oh. Struggling halfway through his. So, so there is artists. a comeback with the risk then. Uh, I, we've sort of heard it, we knew there was a gig, but there's, there's a one off. There's something. Yeah. Is that a one off? Is it. Are we allowed got, to know? We've got, we've got two more. Oh, I think good. we've got one at the vault near Christmas. Oh, that we're cool. Do. Um, and I think we're doing a Guernsey gigs one for John. Uh, uh, a sound on, one. October. Yeah, in sound. Oh, yeah. you in do the, the sound do. festival. Sound festival, yeah. yeah. St. James. James. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So good, that'll good be... Good little plug there, Graham. That will Cheeky. be... Uh, yeah, up there. <laughs> what do you think? Are you going to take it, take it, maybe tour it a bit more again? Or no, is it just one of those sort of like out. good get-togethers? Yeah. And... I mean, I've got Speakeasy to do next year. We've got a all day in London and we've got a gig at the 100 Club as well, which will be nice. Oh, great venue. Yeah. You've played that a few times. Though, I played that you? once and there was a live, um, there was a live tape done of that, a tape cassette. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I remember that. Right. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a tape cassette done of that. Um, but it'd be good to play the 100 Club. Yeah. I mean, it's actually... Famous friend. It's our, our drummer's 60th <laughs> birthday. <laughs> and there's a picture of him on the wall, actually. Is there really? Playing, wow. Yeah. We're going back to Sacred Hearts. Sacred Hearts is no no effort, mm. just pure jumpy abouty fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Just you know, no. For those that don't know, how would you describe the music of Sacred Hearts? Uh, psyche baggy garagey. Psyche baggy. Psyche baggy garagey. Yeah, I like that. Psyche baggy garagey. Psyche baggy. Great. That's amazing. So <laughs> now in Sacred Hearts, you've gone. Risk was it's a full three piece. Three piece. Yeah. And then we go into Sacred Hearts. And we got to mention the brass section of Garrick Jones, Andy Coleman, because they were absolutely essential to the to the band. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sacred Hearts was a five. Five piece. piece That's with Colleen. Yeah. Um, who else was in the in that? Mark, Mark Guppy. Mark Guppy was. Guppy. He's back again. Back again. Back again. <laughs> yeah, he sticks like Gone the guts. Yeah, Mark was was there. Um, He's on drums. Uh, well, we had various drummers, but Matt Hutchison was was our. Go he was to. the best for the Sacred Hearts. Really, okay. Tim Hart was from Clevedon when we were living in Bristol because the band was formed in Bristol. He's a Clevedon guy. He was a really good drummer. Um, he came to live over here. Tim Morris on bass, who was the roadie for the Risk, funny enough. And oh, tour, oh, really? Tour, uh, yeah, tour, brilliant. Drove us all around uh, Europe and <laughs> all around. And then we, said, we're not doing any more driving. Okay. And guess what he did for the Sacred Heart? Played bass and drove the van. Yeah. <laughs> that backfired. Always find, always find someone that has a good driving licence and who doesn't mind driving long distances. Not only that, Tim got us a van, um, which was a big, great big Talbot thing, and we, he actually built a splitter wow. so we could 
split it and we played East Germany just after not East Germany, we played Berlin just after the wall had come down, which was crazy. Oh wow. We're going along this I know I'm dying. It yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, we're driving along in this big truck with Tim driving, and we're running out of petrol. Tim said, "Oh, bloody hell! Better, um, better pull over." So we pulled in over into this East German village at the time. So it was only one year after. It was ninety-one, ninety-two. I don't know. Yeah. And it was like people had arrived from outer space. <laughs> we were like, I mean, it was. A very, very, you know, like the Rex. Yeah. Like Richie, okay? Yeah. We're all like Richie. <laughs> the same kind of. Flares, velour. Bright <laughs> shirts and everything. Everybody's just going. Bus is done. Pictures. I had these people from space here. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, the wall's down, man. The wall's down. We <laughs> in a commune in, in West, West Berlin, which is fantastic. Whoa. It was this old cinema complex, and you guys would have loved it. <laughs> you know, some of the old seats were still there from the 20s. Wow. Obviously, the, uh, the cut, an odd Lancaster must have missed the place. <laughs> um, because it was... It wasn't quite bombed. No, it wasn't quite bombed. It was still kind of... All together, um, but we drove from Vienna to Berlin. That's a hell of a drive. But a bass player can do that though. Bass players are very yeah. solid, reliable. Just, yeah, they are. just keep going. Steadfast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Rock this steady. podcast, I've, we've managed to keep with no bass bashing. Before starting this one, I said today I will not. We're not doing bass bashing though, are we? We're, we're, doing, we're, we're lording up the bass praising. Well, yeah, for right now. usually have quite success with the ladies. Mm. Did you know that? We've got, oh, the, well, we've got the rhythm. <laughs> well, they and they're good with their no, fingers. Indeed. They can pluck that G string. <laughs> so you're on Sacred Hearts. What was what happened? What was next Sacred after Hearts that? Kind of finished up. You moved on. <clears throat> I also noticed that a lot of the people you're working with are still Guernsey people, so already <coughs> oh, yeah. you've gone, mm. you're always picking back into the Guernsey pool, yeah, 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 um, yeah. even yeah. though you've been over in the UK, been yeah. over in the States, you could have picked up people over there, well, there was, but there was people you just enjoyed yeah, working with. we had the with. Scottish drummer for The Risk, as I said, and Tim from Clevedon, so could also have rested in Guernsey. Really? Which is great. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, then I forget what happened with the Sacred Heart, we just kind of, well, I think Tim, Somebody left. I can't remember. <laughs> were you, were you, so long ago. Because you said that was formed in Bristol, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so were you based in Bristol then? Yeah. Oh, okay. All but right. they were Bristol still Guernsey people. Yeah, yeah. We we're all living in a big flat. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Convenient. The Guernsey Embassy. Yeah. 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 It's kind of ironic because my daughter now lives in Bristol. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. People, but <laughs> were they forming yeah. any bands or.? Uh, she's up to doing theatre stuff and that. Oh, right, well. Yeah, she's doing quite well. So. Still cool. Yeah. So you got Sacred Hearts. Yeah. Then... Then the Red Bones, which were... Um, guitar, you know what, I've never heard... Guitar pop band, did one album. <laughs> and they had any success with it, or...? Uh, they all went to Japan. Oh, really? Records. Yeah. Wow. I, I did a deal with a... Because I was running Twist Records at the time, which is a record label I ran from early 90s to a few years ago when the internet basically killed 
mm. killed my record label. Oh. So, but there you go. Vinyl. Bloody internet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, seriously. The, the yeah, with your worldwide web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you bugger. But but records have made a massive comeback. They're, they're yeah, selling like hotcakes. Like yeah. if if you can get a record out, people will buy it. They're, like they love it. Got to the, you ran a, uh, a, a leopard label. A leopard label. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, cool. With, with my part, with my German mate, um, who used to run a fanzine in Germany, who I got friendly with. We became friends. He said, Do "You fancy starting a record label in 1989, 1990, something Ooh. like that?" I said, "Yep, okay." Um, we put out seventy-something releases on Twist Records. Wow. Yeah, I think thirty-something albums and. Wow. 30-something singles, but it's mostly mostly vinyl. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Did Billy Childish, TV personalities, um, a band called Stewed that I need to give Joe LeLong a, a copy. Yeah. Of because really? they're real, really. What, from Vapor? Yeah. Yeah. He'd, he'd absolutely love them. And I'd, I'd just... Cool. I'll see if I've got some little copy floating about. I've probably got a white label or something. But yeah. So I did that. And, yeah, put the red bones out. About 95, I think, 96. What was your motivation for being part of the Red Bones? It was just do another band from after the Sacred Hearts. Really. So Sacred Hearts had to finish then? Yeah. Okay. That yeah. had run its course or? Pretty much. Yeah, okay. Um, and I had Brett on drums, Brett Stewart. Oh, Brilliant. Man. Yeah. Fantastic Very um, drummer. drummer. Tim Morris again on bass. Mark. Mark Guppy. <laughs> yeah. It's me playing guitar as well. I said, the best guitar player in the world. <laughs> I was just, you know, I really couldn't play at that time. I didn't learn guitar until I was 30. Wow. I was just a bass player. Just... It's only a couple of years ago. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What, what do you think? You've, I mean, you've seen lots of bands and you've played in lots of bands. What, what, when bands finish, do you think there's there's a routine to it? Is there always just is it one person that leaves and gradually it dissolves, or does some bands just come to a term in such as they've they've kind of done their time and everyone kind of accepts that that it, it was good what they did, but it's yeah. time to give um, up? Or do you find it's one of those feuds where it's like dynamite at the air yeah, and everyone's, everyone's slinging out. beer cans at each other? You're gonna love this. <laughs> I think it's a lot simpler than that. It's when you drive past someone's house when they should be at practice. Half an hour after they should be there, an hour they should be there, and you see them in the window doing their washing up. You realise the enthusiasm for the band. Yeah, yeah. They are not motivated. Right? And that is probably a great story about what happens to a lot of bands. Someone yeah. just goes, I can't really be bothered in this anymore. Yeah. yeah, totally. And it just, That's horrible, isn't it's it? Hardly, it's not even musical differences. You have a good old punch up with it, at least there's passion there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But, if, if you're arguing over something, then at least you know you all care about it. But yeah. if someone can't be asked to even turn up to practice... That's like somebody choosing to stay in the Matrix. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't I've, I've woken up, but I want to go back in there. Yeah, it's That's, nice and cosy in there. Yeah, they, yeah totally. they got they got TV. Yeah, <laughs> I can't be asked to go out there on that Wednesday night or Sunday night or whatever night it is that band practice happens and load gear and unload gear and... This is why I think us Gurns um, are so dedicated to our music and what we do is because Monday night in January going to practice mm. when you could be sitting in and watching the telly and having a couple of beers, it takes a bit of effort, you know? Yeah. You're not in the UK and you're not thinking I'm suddenly going to be playing Tunbridge Wells next week or, <laughs> or 
you know, yeah. or Kettering or something, glamorous <laughs> like that. You're thinking, oh, yeah, well. Yeah, I'll be playing the White Hart. White yeah, Hart, yeah. Which is fine, you know, that's fine, but it's, it, it takes effort, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but, but it takes less effort, it takes less of a commute, doesn't it? Yeah, similarly, that's yeah. That's true. That is true. I think that uh, we've talked about this before. And, uh, mm, I, think I think it's the first podcast the, we talked about. That people's so. hobbies, so not just, it's the sports, mm. we've mentioned the sports, but music, anything creative, any, any hobbies, there's less of a commute. Once you finish your day job, you can get to wherever you want to be mm. within 10 minutes. I'll tell you mm. something, the question you asked me before about the old days and the now days, it's less catty now. People are much more helpful and help each other out. That's, that's good, yeah, that's really... Yeah, which is something that I always liked. Mm. And back in the days when things did get a bit catty and there were a few egos around, and I probably had a bigger ego than anybody else, that's why. I just used to ignore any of the cattiness and just yeah. go driving my own path right <laughs> through. And I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. I knew what I wanted to do and I wasn't bothered with all the... Yeah, yeah. I think people can get tied up in the politics and and forget about actually getting out there and having fun and enjoying it. And like, they sit at home and just sort of keyboard warrior sit there and like comment on things and like get all riled up about what's happening rather than just getting involved in it. I think it's it's good to just get out there and just do things. And when you do that you start to realise that no one really cares that much about what you're doing or what someone else <laughs> is doing. So true. Like you, yeah. you're, you just you out, care so much more than yeah. other people. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're actually, you know, you're out playing music and having fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's do stuff. And if, if, if peeps, a couple of people like it, I, had a, I, was, I was chat to Andre, I think. Um, Which Andre? The card trip. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trip. I'm very fond yeah. of, very yeah. fond of Andre. And he was doing a doing a get down at the Fairmain Tower. That's DJ know? one of a kind. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and he had a name check. Yeah. <laughs> a, a bit of a, an audience and a crowd, but he said, Oh God, I said, Andre, you're doing it for the people that are here and he goes, That's true. He said, yeah. That's a great attitude. And, you know, yeah. I really admire him. Really that's do. very true. Um, Be niche because to those people there mm. that's mm. everything. Yeah. So that's something you learn when you start playing. There's that one thing that everyone tells you, and every musician passes on to everybody else. It doesn't matter. It's you never know who's in the room. Is that is that mm. thing that everyone says? Oh, you never know who's there. So well, every gig's got to be a hundred percent all the you, time. I can give you a good story about that. We were playing the George Roby in London. It was a shit gig. It was really <laughs> bad. Okay, we we're supporting. I think John Otway or somewhere. Oh like wow, um, bad support stuff. There was this, this folk band called Red Jasper, an electric folk band, and they were being a bit, a bit funny with us and, you know, just being a pain. And this bloke, this German bloke, we played our set, this German bloke comes up at the end and says... Which band is this, Mark? The Risk, sorry. Okay, Risk, yeah. So we're in London playing George Roby and a guy walks up at the end of the set and he goes, I really like you, do you play in Germany? I said, well, yeah. He said, uh, right, here's my number, my name's Frank such and such. I run Jazz House Freiburg in Freiburg, he said. I'll put you on. And he did. So awesome. there you go, that's from one yeah. crap gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you get something well, out of it, one person in the room. Another story as well, just to keep everybody optimistic and enthused about music, because it's, it's great. It's got me jobs, it's got me friends, it's done everything. Okay? It's not made me rich. I didn't expect it to. Hmm. Um, but we were playing in Guernsey, we were doing the Golden Monkey. I think, you know, before we went off on a European tour, 60 people, 50 people. Next gig was Dusseldorf. The people 
um, what was it, the Okie Dokie Club in Noyce, which is a part, a little part of Dusseldorf. There were people queuing around to get into the gig, and it was round. Wow. So you went from Guernsey, where you were born and you live and it's brought you up, and then you went to Germany. And mm. So that's yeah. nice. So yeah. I love I that. I say that's it happens all the time, but... That's an inspirational story, though, isn't it? Because yeah, that's it, what I want to inspire people. Because it's about you don't know what's around the corner. Just, yeah. just mm. enjoy, Keep going. enjoy Keep the going. moment, enjoy yep. doing what you're doing, yep. put yep. all your efforts into that because... Yep loads of stuff can kind of come out to that you yeah. just don't know just keep going I mean we, we have that with Brunt as well like we we play loads of gigs over here and like you know maybe 15 20 people turn up and it's you know it's it's all right but it's not a massive audience and then we go and release something and like it's, we've got a massive audience online that yeah. and and that just you always go oh yeah forget about that because you, you get kind of wrapped up in the local music so scene and like about that on Joe Long podcast yeah. how that stone or Community, there's yeah. that community, like there's the mod thing. Like yeah, exactly. There's, there's that community. Everyone's got their little thing, and it's really niche. But there it is out there. And when you mm. look at it globally, there's mm. there's a lot of people and who and who appreciate yeah, the music. Yeah, really care, and they all want to buy records, and yeah. they all want to like support you and stuff. I think that's really we touched a little bit on on how uh, you it wasn't um, you didn't do it for the money, and how it opened up your social circle and everything. And um, I meet a lot of people. Um, all the time, who just started playing, or who are playing, or or who either have moved to the island, or I've been in other places where they've come over, and, and it's the best way to meet people. And one of the best ways is going to gigs, mm. yeah. or playing if you can in a band, or just being part. And suddenly they go, well, my social circle just open up, and I know so many people. Mm. I know music creates that environment where you you meet, you engage. There's loads of things happening. You you. Find lots of people. I think that's you're never short of friends when you're in a band. Never, never. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. There's something to it, though, isn't it? There's and there's there's, that, there's a, a bond you create, I suppose, with with certain people who you wouldn't necessarily have been either friends with, or you find someone that plays. It's it's, a, it's that work colleague that becomes your friend, but it's more than that. I think. Do you ever find those people are so? I mean, you fight, and you and you, you love each other at the same time. But it's, it's, it's very intense, mm. very intense, more than just you. I mean, I've never seen, well, I might have witnessed a couple, but work colleagues <laughs> having a full-on fight no. <laughs> because right. they were upset yeah. about... Yeah. <laughs> you didn't play that riff properly. <laughs> Do you, what's, what's, you've had a few fights on stage? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Any particular? Everyone else's fault? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone over a few drum kits and... Um, what do you mean you've gone over? The, eh? What do you mean you've gone over? Well, I've jumped drum. over. You've jumped <laughs> and the drummer to the ground a couple to of times. To get to the drummer? Yeah. Because he wouldn't shut up or? Because he was annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> Just moving the chair away from me. Yeah, watch out. Watch out, Graham. <laughs> There's no drum screen the there. adrenaline from oh, the touring? Yeah, or the adrenaline from the, the gig, everything. And being young as well, I think. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. I think people Some don't realise when you're. I don't really want to talk about. <laughs> There's that thing of um, people Some... almost saying it's, uh, oh, you're just playing a show, and they don't realise that you've also been on the road for like seven hours, yeah, and then yeah. you've loaded up the gear, mm. put up the gear, you're tired, you haven't slept in days, and then you're playing a really intense, high adrenaline show. Yeah. And you've got to make everybody really happy, and and people. It's a lot lose of pressure. <laughs> people lose it yeah, all the yeah. time. Mm. 
yeah, 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 it's not worth. Yeah, you're saying you don't really want to talk about those kind of like fights on stage and stuff like that. It's probably because you're not that proud of it. Really, no, I'm not. It, no. There's one particular incident which I'm really incident which I'm really not proud of. No, do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> 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 hey, let's do that off air. Mm. Okay. Let's move on from <clears throat> where. So we where are we at? We've we've had the risks and then we're going into red bones. Red bones. Yeah, mid nineties. When did the generators come in? Was that was that soon after? Uh, what did I do? Yeah, that was soon after. Mm. Yeah, red bones were a few years, and then yeah, generators is about ah, there was a, the risk came back for about a couple of years. Mm. We did probably our best album, which is which is crazy, and we went and did a few gigs away. I think we did the Birmingham all day or something with with, with all all the gang with all. The, all the gang, so not Cliff Richard, <laughs> <laughs> with everybody, and um, then, yeah, then it was the generators, which, which is still going today. Uh, that was the um, generators. Uh, then you were in the, the yeah. generators, generators T-shirt, right? That, yeah. that was one of the first bands that I saw. Um, it was uh, Mechanical Lobster, the generators. I think Beaver and Goldfish Don't Bounce, all, all playing at the Cockton Nord. And then you decided to play just, Doom. Yeah. Music. Oh well, it's just yeah, you know, all of that combined just influenced, <laughs> creates. Yeah, because that was the great garage rock scare of the early two thousand. Oh, it was good. It, it was really, it really nearly, it nearly kind of. It, I I, I remember works. seeing you guys and thinking, I recognise all these songs. Like I feel like I know all these songs. It's amazing. Like it's just probably nicked them all. <laughs> different rock and roll. Songs. Yeah, well, it was like it was just <laughs> generic. But it was the kind of the kind of music that you could just go and just rock out to, and you're like, you're like I feel like I've you know, I've experienced this sort of like music, and I'm really like, what, you know, like yeah, as yeah, a first yeah. gig, I was yeah. like, wow, this is like is really into that. that. <laughs> I'll tell you what the reason is. But the last Risk album, which we did, it was really, really complicated, and we we really went over the top production-wise, playing-wise, and if you hear it, it's 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 big production. Mm. It's a huge record. I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go back to playing three chord rock and roll. Yeah. In your face, jumpy around it. Yeah, yeah. Nothing complicated, and that's that's what we did. And we went through kind of loop generators where we're now back to the beginning. Yeah. Because we're now writing back to three chord, four chord rock and roll type songs, which is what we were good at. And we went a little bit. Yeah. There was the inner. Oh, the inadvised scar bit that we did, <laughs> generators, <laughs> which was, which was, uh, yeah, that was not clever. <laughs> it wasn't clever at all. But <laughs> well, well, on that, who, 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 whose yeah, influence was that? Was that yours? Yeah, I think I, I probably got excited about the fact that specials had reformed. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> decided to copy it in a really, really bad and atrocious manner. Yeah. Um, it's good to try those things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good to experiment. And you make a mistake, eh? And you, you know you've made a mistake. You think, yeah. oh, I've, learnt, I've probably learned something. Thank mm. you. Yeah, it's about totally. learning something. It's about trying something new. It's about moving out of your comfort zone. Mm. Oh, and then you discover something work. else. Yeah. Like, you can Rewind, mix then that idea yeah. from, like, there's bits of scar that suddenly, oh, you wouldn't, might not have tried in that, and then yeah. that kind of the blends in, everything blends in. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, didn't you have uh, Jack White? On one of your songs, but apparently, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Mm. Is that true? Um, since a Dutch record label that we've been in contact with that are putting stuff out by Generators at the moment, 
has actually put it on the CD that he actually was on it. Yeah. I can't really deny it anymore, can I? Because it's out there. So, yeah. Yeah, no, cool. It was, it was That's him. pretty cool. How did, that, how did that come about? Um, I used to put a lot of our bands twists through Towag Studios right. in London, Liam Watson's studio. And I came quite friendly, yeah, it was friendly with Liam. And um, Liam was doing um, White Stripes Elephant album. Mm. And we were recording. And um, there's a knock on the door. I opened the door. And he go, and a uh, voice said, Hi, who are you? And I says, uh, I'm Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> You're Jack, aren't you? Said, yeah. And I said, well, come in. So he came in because he wanted to come and chat to Liam. And so he sat, and he was all day in the studio with us, mm. and um, got on really well with Ozzy, funny enough, they talk, talk about, they? talking about upholstery and stuff like that. Upholstery? furniture and that, Guernsey, and about, you know, it was, it was a really, he was a really nice guy. Cool. Really, really Should have got him over. Yeah. <laughs> Easy going. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, and he gave me the biggest compliment. I think it's a compliment. <laughs> What he did said, he say? Well, he said, I've got great phrasing. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Which, good, isn't it? The other opposite of that, I'm not a great singer. <laughs> well, I'm not, I know that, I know yeah. that. I'm not, hey, uh, I'm not a great Clouds singer. and silver linings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he said, you know, you have really good phrasing. Yeah. I said, well, that's very kind of you. And um, reminded him of Bon Scott. I thought, well, yeah, dead. <laughs> inhaling your own vomit in a car. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers. Not the vocal stars so, after. So yeah, no, we did the backing vocals on Mystery Man, and uh, yeah. we had a letter from him saying, um, you know, said thanks a lot for doing it, and we're going to try and keep it quiet, which we did. We kept it quiet for years. We didn't tell anybody. Yeah. We yeah, never yeah. admitted it, and um, but people knew, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, he's nice got letter. such a recognisable voice, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We had a nice letter through a third party from him saying, well, thanks for not exploiting it, which we didn't. Yeah, yeah, Actually, that's great. Yeah, exploit. no, no, it's really cool. We could have we gone to the enemy at the time. And, and said, and, and, yeah, yeah. And tried to make a career out of it. Yeah, no, but there's, yeah. Because, you know, yeah, so that was cool. <laughs> so that actually that's that, cool. put that out on Twist, so did a single, pop yeah. a single and some CD singles. And Do you miss so. any part of, like, running a record company? Um... I'll tell you what, um, and I can say this on here, a lot of bands can be assholes. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. my God, they're just so demanding. And it's yeah. like, this is a tiny little indie label. Yeah, yeah. No money. Yeah. Trying to get money from distributors all over the world, because mm. distributors literally, Australia, America, everywhere. That's the key, isn't it, finding Ta- a Italy, distributor? Trying to get money out of people in Italy. It's terrible, you know. Um, the Mafia. Well, so we played for the Mafia once with a risk. Yeah, really? That's something story. like this. Yeah. Anyhow. Did you? Really? Did, yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear that story? Yes, yeah, sure. Go for it. The risk play for the Mafia. Yeah, we did. So, <laughs> How do you know you play for the Mafia? Because surely they well, you don't, can they make don't your own, like... You can make your own minds up after the story. You can say, well, that's bullshit, Mark. That's, that's true. Okay? So, we were in, playing in Florence. And we stayed there for about three days. Brilliant. And spending the gig money, staying in a nice hotel and walking around Florence and having a, having a yeah, having a, thought, yes, this is great. <laughs> and we had to go and play in this place just outside Florence where the Italians had decided to build a disco, this old 70s disco, underneath a block of flats. 
Only the Italians could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. That's a guaranteed that. audience. Yeah. Of course. So we got to this little village, and we met there by this guy. He says, ah, you're British. Uh, I spent some time in London. I had to move because of politics. I'm back here now. <laughs> this guy, and he said, uh, you go down the road, you go into the restaurant, you see the man, you have what you like to eat. So, oh, a bit weird. <laughs> so we had what we wanted to eat and all that. And the guy said, uh, yeah, he said, um, it's all taken care of. She went to the venue, did the gig, and there was a promoter that was supposed to be paying us. Mm. Anyhow, he disappeared. <laughs> money. Gone. In a carpet. Concrete boots. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that may have happened later. <laughs> Anyhow, so he disappeared, and the guy that sent us to the restaurant popped up again. He said, I said, um, promoter's run off with the money. He says, I pay you. I said, what do you mean? Well, you've you got to get... I get the money off him, don't you worry. <laughs> oh. I pay you. And he, this big was lira at the time, so massive stack of lira gave us. About three million lira. Wow! Yeah. Wow. And we were playing the... Um, Which is 20 quid. Yeah, it is. They play some skinheads there and all sorts yeah. of this gig. It's like getting a bit tasty, the Florence gig. But they seemed okay. Um, and the next stop was Rimini. So this guy... Paid us off and we go. I'm, I'm guessing he was connected for some way. It was a bit too. There's something going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obvious, probably the mafia yeah. thing is a bit of an exaggeration, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he was connected. Brilliant. So we got down to Rimini, which is the next stop, and we're playing this big bank holiday gig, big mud gig, where there's a lot of skinheads, a lot of Leganord lads from Turin, which is the right wing kind mm-hmm. of thing, which I'm not keen on one little bit. Yeah. Um, How did you feel about playing gig to them? Well, we had, we didn't have much choice because it was a yeah. it was a split mod gig, and we actually nearly had a punch up with these guys. Yeah. We were sitting at a restaurant in Rimini, and these skinheads come up and started picking on us. And the restaurant owner went mental because he, they were disturbing his customers. Mm. But Derwin, our drummer, at the time he'd flown over from London, we couldn't find a drummer in Guernsey for this tour. Okay, we sorry about that. I don't know why you just pointed out then. Like, I'm responsible for that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 can only just put it out there as an apology. So, <laughs> so we, had, we had to get Dermot to come and practice with us in Guernsey. Anyhow, back to Rimini. So we're in Rimini, doing this gig. Um, yeah, it's all right. The, the skinheads were getting a bit iffy with us when we were trying to have our lunch. And um, being pretty rude, actually. And restaurant owner going mental because we're disturbing customers. And then they record, they said, ah, drummer, he used to play an Angelic Upstart. Ironically, wow. we're a left-wing bloody yeah, yeah. punk band. Yeah. said, yeah, he did. Yeah, he was yeah. drumming an- Angelic Upstarts for a while. Oh, yes, oh, yes, it's okay now. And I thought, well, fucking, it's not okay at all. <laughs> Anyhow, so we did the gig and I was absolutely crapping it. Yeah. Really, I was. It was. I don't want to play in front. There's of a these lot of tension going. I don't want to play in front of these boneheads. I mean, they'd, <laughs> they, they'd already turned over a, a car with some some black guys in the night before. Oh, Carabinieri running down the streets with machine guns, all that sort of stuff. You know? Jeez. So it was a little bit. It's bank holiday in Italy. What do you expect? It sounds like some. <laughs> yeah, it does. It sounds like the Grand Rue on a Friday oh, night. <laughs> Anyhow, so we did this did this gig. Got through it. And 
this this was the corker because Derwin decided that the last song we do Louis Louis. Thought, well, we can do that, it'd be nice and easy. Yeah. Instead of Louis Louis, we did Louis Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> again, Guernsey boys, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Having a laugh. Having a laugh. Right wing skinheads. <laughs> you know. They're going to well, love it. Looking like you're going to kill you. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Louis Luigi, let's go for it. But it worked. Did it? Uh, yeah. Did Just it? diffuse the situation. Oh, fantastic. So, so then, people laughed, people got into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it, good. It was good. good. And took a risk. Yeah. Took a risk we with did. the risk. Yeah. And then we uh, started to drive back from Italy to, to London, spending all the tour money on the way. Yeah, of course. <laughs> As you do. As you do. Yeah. Didn't get any for the money, did you? in mind, we had a manager in London who'd left halfway through the tour to go back and left us in charge of all the cash. <laughs> Some manager. So, yeah. So, we've got a load of. Guernsey blokes, I think Andy and Garrick were with us at the time, brass section, yeah, decided that what a great idea it would be to stay in really nice hotels, really nice meals, spend all the money which we're supposed to give to the record label all the way back to London, which is what we did. So I said to Colin, I said, oh, let's just go home. So I'm back to London, Dermot can take the van back to London, we'll just go home. Yeah. I said, wait for the phone call. <laughs> so the phone kept ringing at my house, and it was ringing and ringing. I thought, oh, bloody hell, what's going on here? I know who's ringing me, it's the manager. So finally, I, had the bra- I was brave enough to pick the phone up, and there's this American voice on the end of the phone, Mark, where's the goddamn money? <laughs> said, uh, sorry, Mark. Spent it. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And then, what he did? What did he do? Of course, what all record labels do. He sent you cupcakes. No. Wish <laughs> well, he had. Nice. Great, great. Yeah. Good callback. Good idea. Uh, our record sales and all that. Just debit it back to him. All the money that we spent on. Oh, oh so, my yeah. god. <clears throat> Wow. <laughs> oh, he got his money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, record sales this month are... Zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Minus... <laughs> Having a good time. Yeah. You've got to push the boat out occasionally, though, haven't you? I mean, yeah. you've got to just... It's hard work being on tour. It's hard work doing those gigs and, and, and stuff like that. No, it's not easy. No. So you wanted to treat yourself. <laughs> you yeah. You know... We did a bit of a treat. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. That's we'll go it. down and have an ice cream down Vazon. That's what I'm Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember seeing the risk on X Factor. Is that right? That happened, didn't it? Yeah, that was Pushing that some was buttons great. there. Yeah, so, do you know something? Yeah, that cost me a thousand but, pounds. Did it really? Oh, really? Yeah. What? You didn't get that money back then? Quite not. The no, we caught him trying to um, post, not the copyright, the trademark on the Is name. Is that right? Wow. Really? And you must have had powerful evidence to claim that back, though, because. No, we just got in there first. What's okay. uh, we kept away for those that don't. And we kept away from. So it was, that don't know this, who are listening to this, we. we, we, we what, what was. Can we. Yeah, yeah so what's the story? So, this story? Uh, well, do you want to tell us? Mark, how that came, well, what was the X Factor risk thing then? Right, okay, I got a phone call from a mate of mine. He said, there's a band calling themselves a risk on the X Factor. I said, what? What's the X Factor? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Who cares? Yeah, so I thought, 
hmm, what can I do about this? So I phoned up the PRS and said, um, which is performing rights, and there's some good advice. Get get yourself in the performing rights. That's yeah. the thing to do. Mm. Um, so what can I do about it? They said, well, you've got half an hour free legal. So right. So I phoned up a lawyer, music lawyer, and said, uh, what can I do about this? Um, and they said, well, you can get an injunction. I said, right. So stop them going on tonight on the X Factor. I said, yeah, okay, 50 grand. Said, well, I'm not what? Doing, Is I'm that not what doing, you wanted? You wanted 50 that's, grand that's for an injunction? That's what it costs for an injunction to stop anybody doing something. This is why you get Oof. all these yeah. famous people who don't want things released, getting high-powered lawyers oh, to okay. shut people up and gag people. Yeah, so yeah, that's how I started to understand this is how oh, it all okay. worked then. Yeah. Um, and Colin, who's really clever, said, well, there must be another way we can go about this. And um, what should we do? I said, well, just said, we'll get the trademark on it. So we went and basically filed with the trademark, got the trademark. They still, they still uh, use the name. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, you know. It didn't go anywhere, though, did it? It didn't, yeah. No. I didn't think it would. That was close for cool, though, wasn't it? It was a boy band, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's similar to the risk. Very similar. <laughs> 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 yeah. So where, where are we at? We, 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 we're we've up got to so generators. We're up to generators. We went back. Yeah. Um, so what are the plans for the generators at the moment? Uh, we're writing some new stuff, which is really good. I'm really yeah. happy about that. Because you said that you're back to the power cords. Well, not the power cords, but the three, uh, three yeah, four cords. Yeah, back to the basics, really. Mm. Basics, yeah. Um, so that's good. I so say doing a bits and pieces of Speakeasy next year. The Risk have got a couple more gigs. Crowman is just doing his own... Where did Crowman pop up from? Crowman was born in Sark. Was he really? In yeah, 1980. In 1882. <laughs> <laughs> God bless him, eh? Yeah. <laughs> now, what happened? It was the Wesleys. It was the beginning of the Wesleys. The, the John Wesley Stone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I started dressing up with a kind of a dead man hat and a waistcoat. And I thought, maybe mm, I could take this a little bit further. And steampunk kind of happened then? I didn't even know steampunk was about no. mm. when I started the Chrome honestly. It's yeah. a relatively new thing, isn't it? Yeah, and, um, you know, it, uh, yeah, from the Wesleys, it kind of started doing the Chrome Man thing and um, did the Howarth Steampunk Festival a couple of times. It's a great laugh. If you ever get a chance to do, to do that. Howarth Steampunk Festival. Steampunk Festival. Steampunk, yeah. sorry, yeah. Yeah, it's in the end of November, last week in November, with the, with the Brontes decided to kill themselves by drinking bad water up awesome. there. Yeah. Um, it's brilliant. It's really it good. So hopefully go go either this year or next year again. So it's pretty much up to date really, aren't we? That's amazing. Much, so, so, yeah. so, so from uh, the Wesleys, then that kind of character grew. Mm. Um, what do you think of the ukuleles song? Awesome. About the crow man. Yeah, the crow man. <laughs> yeah, well, I wrote them one and they wrote me one back. Did they really? Oh. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so that. <laughs> Here's a song. Here's a, here's a song I wrote. You can have it. I wrote it about. I was riding my push bike up up the uh, where was it? Fossa Andre. Oh yeah. And I had this song, and I got to my mum's house. And I thought, no, oh, the girls will like this. So I scribbled it down. Got the tune for it. Hummed it back home into my tape recorder. Um, and uh, gave them that song. Well, which song? Uh, we are the ukuleles. Oh, that yeah. this is nice. bearing in mind that this is the very beginning of the ukuleles when yeah. they were just yeah. born yeah. and they 
like there at the beginning, I think Mimi had just joined so she could get a ticket for Sark Folk Festival. <laughs> <laughs> and Morning. this is very brilliant. Yeah. Really like just their startup when they were they were going. Right. But you saw potential. Yeah. Uh, Straight away. Just, yeah. Yeah. What do you think is, how, how can you tell if a band's got potential? Because you run a record label, you've, you've worked with bands, what, what, what triggers it? What's, what's the it, thing that it, you say that band's got something that's, mm. that's It's got good. instinct, it's like what I was, like I was saying about Lord Vapor before, you know. I could see them, Germany, Holland, Belgium, that yeah. sort of ilk, mm. you know, mm. just going down the storm. Yeah. And in the UK as well, and they keep at it, which I'm sure they will. Yeah. It will, I'm sure. I mean, it's been great to see them posted recently, playing different instruments and just mm. sort of yeah, doing yeah. different uh, combinations of what they do. Whether yeah. it's at acoustic nights. Heard a few songs on the new album, and it sounds really cool. Mm. It's very cool. You still um, eclectic. I think I remember something. Um, um, I remember going first time to the Crow Den. The Crow Den, which was full of feathers everywhere and <laughs> lots of leather. What's yep. the feathers and leather. loads of guitars. And That's my garage, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, in your garage. And um, like you said to me, I've never mind. changed a pair of strings. I've only just bought a new guitar every time. I've never had to change any strings. I've just bought a new guitar. <laughs> so decadent. <laughs> Wow. Then I have to sell them because I've got no money. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the downside of it, really. What's Don, the collection Don, looking Don, like Don, at the Kendall moment? I must love you. It's quite, it's quite small at the moment because I've sold quite a few when I got ill. So, well, I mm. sold my double bass, which I kind of regret. Uh, there you go. That's a shame. Yeah, because those people that sort of know you notice that you dropped out of the scene for a while yeah. back there because of health yeah. issues. Did that, uh, has that kind of inspired you to write stuff at all or give you any renewed vigour in some ways? Um, Has it influenced you? Well, it, it, yeah, because I wrote, I wrote a song called Prison of Pain in the Princess Elizabeth <laughs> Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a bit mean because and it's here's actually, one for hospital radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the PH is brilliant and the, and the staff are great, So, it, but it was just, I was not having a great time and I, I had an illness that no one could diagnose. No one knew what was wrong with me, so... Yeah, Mark Guppy again. Bless <laughs> him. Brought a guitar in and said, "You're going to be going mental in here without doing yeah. something." So he brought a guitar in and I wrote a song while I was in there. And um, I seem to be back to myself now, really. No, you feel better. I wrote one the other week. So I think that's what people's main concern was. I think everyone's saying is your your way is in the scene. He has to be in hospital, not knowing what's going on. Is anyone that knows you was just going. He must be going absolutely mental. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Not knowing, like, you've got such a character, like, there's a force to deal with. The idea of having to sit down for too long is... is um... Well, two, two weeks in Southampton in the renal unit. It's a really, <laughs> really, really bad one. Renally bad. Do you, do you, yeah. um, <laughs> why? Just because you couldn't get up, you couldn't do anything, you couldn't move uh, around, you're no, away from home. Poor, poor... Poor devils with blooming alcohol problems that were shouting yeah. all night. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tricky. Alcohol. Yeah. Uh, awful. Awful. Yeah. For, you know. For them more than me. I mean, mm. I'm, you know, it's just. Observing it. Yeah. 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 I learned a few things. I learned, learned about bravery. That's one thing. That's chap, interesting. Yeah. How do you mean? There's a chap opposite me that was just the bravest man in the world. He was just. just you know, wasn't that well, and you just just let things just get on with things. Took and it's, it's inspired, you know, 
I'm not being negative because it's quite inspiring that really yeah it is Yeah. Mm. I think that that's probably stored up in my brain somewhere that'll probably come out in songwriting in the next I don't know year or so is that where the release is eh? is that where the release is in songwriting yeah like I everything so. built up mm. Mm. like without yeah. it there'll be yeah just it has to come out yeah <laughs> and that's where it does on stage yeah, that's sad, the, like the alter ego is the release of yeah. everything. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I stayed in last Saturday and wrote, a, wrote another another song. So, see how that turns out. <laughs> it's another quite simple one, though. I think it's true of the human spirit. The more you throw adversity at people, mm. generally, the more you see their courage and their adaptability and their resilience. And the, and that's, uh, that's true with music and mm. creating music and stuff like that. I think if you... Pushing, pushing, then people, musicians will push back and they'll mm, yeah. create something new. And there's so something that's, that um, that's quite a process. I was listening to not quite as famous as this podcast, but a <laughs> podcast called Freakonomics. What do you mean? What do you mean? Um, <laughs> and some they they did this really cool podcast, and they were talking about uh, the um, Stephen Governor goes back to see his old uh, teachers in school. And he says in each class there was something that stood out which they might not remember but stood out really for me and that changed my life. And there's something I remember you saying once is, um, which really has stayed with me the whole time and um, it said um, every song's a good song. Like it doesn't matter, just write, write songs and keep writing. Yeah. And it didn't, I think you were saying like you wrote a whole album in E. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just didn't change it. And I was like, but you you can't you gotta vary it. It's like no, it was just if it's a good song, then mm. it's a good song. It doesn't matter. And if that's what's coming out at the time, record it, put it down, do it. And that has stayed as one of those like words of wisdom. Yeah. And like and it's, if it's, and working, it's totally it's working. true. I yeah. think if you do that and you and I've uh, I think I learned a lot from that one, just write. Yeah. Mm. It's good. Keep it. It's always going to be there. Mm. Do you do you still stick by that? Do you do you write? What what's first of all? What is the album all in E? <laughs> so. uh, it's probably the first Generator's album. Yeah. Generator X. Yeah, I think yeah. probably it's all in E. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great album. You're not a great singer. Well, let's get it in the same key. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Monitors. Then I mean, you're just like, right, oh yeah, yeah, it's an E. <laughs> it's an E or one of the chords that you've made up because I, I have sat with both you and Shackleton yeah. Sean Shackleton in the room when um, we start getting involved with Wesley's and I seem to remember both of you playing two guitars which were in God knows what tuning <laughs> because it worked it totally worked but I had to detune the violin and it still couldn't and I just did, there was like there was two completely different so and bashing it out just going this is all right. <laughs> I don't know, I've, there was notes I'd never heard of. We were getting H's and Z's out. <laughs> I think it was old Big Bill Brunzi, wasn't it? The old uh, folk singer and blues player that said, anywhere you put your finger, that's a chord. <laughs> that's what he said. Brilliant. I think, yeah. I think, and I think that's, again, that's that jazz. just do it. You know? mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it um, it sounds good, then just so, do it. So I, I'm conscious of the time, and I'm thinking um, mm. if there's any words of wisdom for you out there, sort of on the back of that, what, what would you say to any aspiring musician or anyone that's going to go to gigs or involved in music? Never give up. Never give up. Yeah, and always believe in yourself, really. Um, 
because um, you know just getting up there and performing and doing your own thing is great as yeah. far as I'm concerned. What about people uh, who might be interested in in the Guernsey gig scene or just the gig scene? So they're not musicians, but they might be listening to this podcast because they love they're interested music, in they mm-hmm. love going to mm-hmm. live music. Any advice for those folks? Go to gigs, really. Get off your ass. <laughs> yeah, get off your backside and go to gigs, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Especially if you're young. Mm. You know, that's even better. No excuses. No, no excuses if you're young, really. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got families or you're an old fart like me, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's a lot to get out the door, you know. But, um, yeah. But as a musician, then, to that potential audience member, what would you say, apart from apart from uh, get out and come to the gigs, so if they come to the gigs, what would you say to them? I think they might find it inspiring. Mm. I think they really could really would enjoy it. And, and live music is, is, is so nice to hear. And the fact is you will make friends and other friends in the audience as well. And it spreads mm. your social life, really, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, it does. yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. 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 And it's here and now and it's gone. Yep. It's art that happens right yep. there. Yeah. Right, it's gone. It's amazing. I think we've rounded one up. Yeah? Yeah. That was awesome. Cool. Mark, thanks very much. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for coming down. Yeah. Right. It's been great. Yeah, you can take your beer there. Yeah. 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 Yeah.